0: Um, yeah, we got some tips. I checked. Like- out the last hundred <laughs> episodes. Check <laughs> <laughs> out all our episodes. Like a podcast I can refer this question to Catherine too. It's called Travis.
1: <laughs> well, we're here. It's happened. It's warm outside. I could not be more ready to only have to wear a t-shirt, to be uncomfortably hot, to find that like creek that tastes so good. I'm very excited for summer running and I don't know where you are, but up in Canada, still things still look like shit. We don't know about races, but I'm very happy for all of my American friends who have some races on the docket. So hopefully we get to do the same up here in Canada, but if not, I'm definitely not as upset about it as I was last year because we learned about all the fun things that we can do without races, and many of my guests have shared things they've done without races, too. This episode is a trail tips episode, duh, says that in the title, but it was sort of fun that all of the questions kind of had the same theme, so they were a lot, could be under the umbrella of moving from the road to trail, so people that have some running experience and want to do some sort of epic trail adventure. Um, We had some people talk about if you can hike on your rest weeks and if they're big kind of mountain biker outdoor people and how to make that all work with training without overdoing it, and then um, somebody on the other side of the world who's going into winter who's going to be doing the same type of thing with skiing and how to incorporate other things to be part of your training, which I think is also really common because some of these training plans you get off the internet are like, well, yeah, you have to run for 15 hours a week every week, but if you want to do other things, that gets very challenging. So how can we make it all work? Um, We obviously have a lot of laughs. I don't remember what they were, but I remember thinking like, oh, God, I can't believe this is going to air. So... I mean that's not that's not news, is it? Uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, just your first trail run coming from the roads and things you can do to make that easier on you. And then we talk about crewing for races. And again, all of the jealousy that I could possibly have goes towards those people in races, because I am kind of craving that scenario as well. I don't even know what it is about it. I guess just the like knowing that's as hard as you can push. Not that you can't do that on your own, but it is easier with people around you. And then like the finish line and all the people coming across and all of that fun type stuff, dealio stuff. Um, Thank you to everybody on Patreon for supporting the show. And I am not gonna lie, I'm pretty lazy over there, but it is fun and we do do some posts occasionally and we do some strength workouts and it's just a nice way to report To what? (laughs) To support the show. So thank you. If you want to find that link, come over to Instagram and find me there, Hillsport55. If you want to just support the show a tiny bit, but want to make it easier and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just hit that five-star button. That is the best thing that you can do. Oh yeah, I have one to read too. That's my music for my elevator music. Okay. From Megdalena absolute favorite podcast i can't say enough good things about this podcast it is engaging thought-provoking relatable easy to listen to and inspiring so thank you so much i love getting those reviews they really do make my day and then the people that give us one stars they just don't pay attention because you gotta have some hate you gotta have the sun with the rain what right there's something more to that i guess something about a rainbow any hoodles okay guys thank you so much for your time for sending in questions if you want to send tori or i other questions just please do that instagram's an easy way and thank you have a great hopefully where you are warmish sunny day okay we need to we need to start we need to start we need to do this
0: i thought you were recording me this is amazing insightful stuff oh okay well maybe we can start
1: with that um maybe we'll just start there oh my mom just listened to our last episode and she said congratulations (laughs) congratulations on flossing your teeth now yes a lot of messages for the like surprising fact that you are disgusting.
0: <laughs> I know everyone's like, oh my God, I'm dying at flossing. I'm like, okay. So then I realized, cause like these messages where people are getting and I'm like, or that sometimes I get, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember. Like it's been the like, whole time. I'm like, I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying that. And then I realized last night, I think I have this like blackout experience when we record, which is fair.
1: <laughs> Can we I was telling Katie that like what happens to me is I forget too and then I'll be editing and you'll say something and I'll make the same joke again <laughs> out loud and it makes me laugh so hard when then I hear the recorded me say the same thing and I'm like, whinny as never hell.
0: Yeah, whinny creative. <laughs> um, okay, can we talk about your birthday?
1: Yeah, for sure. Last um, what, what do you want to say on that shit show?
0: I don't know. I feel like we could, instead of giving Jenny Quilty another shout out, we could just talk about (laughs) her (laughs) birthday. The last week, um, Hillary had the stupidest birthday ever.
1: (laughs) It was a ridiculous birthday. Everybody had a minor meltdown at some point.
0: And I had to admit to everybody when we got back to the car on the side of the highway, like after the adventure, I just had to like have a moment to be like, wait, I think that was really challenging, but like, Endurance people don't really recognize that it's challenging or admit it because, like, we're just kind of used to doing, like, long days and shit. I was like, wait a second. And so I was, like, we're back at the car and we're, like, having champagne and, like, eating your mom's amazing cake. And I was like, guys, that was, like, hard, right? And I was like, fuck, yeah. And I was like, I don't think there was anything easy. Like, fun. 100% of the time, it was fun. But there was nothing easy about any step. One step was not easy. No steps were easy.
1: No, no steps were easy. And... Oh, my God, I totally forgot what I was just going to say. Yeah, like, during it, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. But at the end, I was like, yeah, like, when you say what's the hardest tour that you've done, like, that was up there at for chance, sure. Andy was like, oh, that Callahan day with all the powder. I'm like, Eddie,
0: stop for one second. Like, this was fucking weird and hard.
1: <laughs> it was. That was more Andy's style. Like, I think it was probably uh, harder on us than it was on him. He was just like and a Kate. pig and
0: shit, man. He was like, I was like, you're such a good husband. And he was like... He goes. At one point, I said that to him, and he's like, "Are you kidding?" He's like, "I live for this shit. This is the best." He's like, "This is so sporty. The skiing's so sporty." I'm just like, "Okay, guy, right, like, calm
1: down." <laughs> That's what I was trying to say for the past like five years. And you're like, "Oh yeah, we're touring up the like groomed runs on Blackcomb." I'm like, "This is not, this is not the kind of touring I've learned how to do." That sounds amazing. And then I was telling Andy, I'm like we like go a really long way on like actual touring places. And he's like, mm. and then he's always left way behind. And then we get to that stupid touring and he's just gone.
0: Yeah. And it was like, okay, so what we did is we went up this like peak. We we're all super stoked. Mount Outram in Manning park for Hillary's birthday. And it, we were stoked. Cause it was one transition. You get, you gain 1800 meters. It was sick. And he was going to get dropped in the climb. We were all excited. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and then it was, like, spring conditions where, like, all of a sudden we woke up one day and it was, like, spring and it was just, like, debris and, like, this wizard forest and, like, forest bush all over the trail. And then if it wasn't a bush on the trail and, like, rocks and dirt on the trail, it was this, like, awkward gully that I had to teach. Andy had to get up the awkward gully. That was good. Um and then by the time we got to the Alpine, it was like the storm was rolling in and then it was like very windblown snow. And Katie's like, by the, at
1: the end of the day, Katie's like, I think we got two turns. We got two turns. <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, we got two turns and they were fantastic.
0: So shout out to Denise's Motel because Katie and I stayed for Wednesday night and Thursday night. Denise's Motel saved us because we had some hotel debacle to get to sleep. But the new brewery in Hope is sick. Mountain View Brewery, and then so I kept saying Hope's going to
1: boom. Yeah, but Hope's not going to boom.
0: But the brewery's really yummy.
1: Yeah, it was it, the brewery's good. And then we went to this random silver chalice shop that was silver like chalice very Club. COVID smart. And it was also delicious. I, I so. can't
0: believe I've never been to Silver Chalice because it's on the way to the last aid station for Fat Dog. And it's got so many vegetables. Like who knew?
1: I know, I know. Surprising, surprising things. Well, anyways, that's probably enough about my birthday, but it was super fun and hilarious. And then the next day we just, Andy and I tried to go for a run without like really realizing how much snow was going to be where we went for a run. And it ended up being like 20K with the 1300 meters up this logging road because we couldn't get on the trail because it was like thigh high snow. It and was really I hard.
0: did half of that because then Katie brought her charger and I had to run back to the motel.
1: Is was, was epic randomness. Um, And when this comes out, it'll be Tori's birthday. Yeah. And also,
0: um, just because, you know, maybe we have some listeners on the island. If anybody knows of an apartment for me to live that's really nice for a spoiled brat and is new and clean and pretty in Courtney, BC, please tell me because I still need a home.
1: Yeah, no luck on that yet, hey? Well, there's great luck.
0: I just reject things because I'm picky. Mm. hmm can we t- can we look at patterns in my life hmm yeah I am so picky and so I rejected a bunch last week which because I'm just a brat and I should have just taken them.
1: you'll find the right thing and you want to you want to whoops whoa
0: <laughs> whoa
1: did that just sound really super weird
0: well I just why are you muting, muting yourself
1: I, I didn't mean to oh okay I'm trying to book this Airbnb and the guy keeps fucking up and it's like flashing in the back of my screen. So I'm trying to turn it away and it's not for what it's home for work. Uh, yeah. And it's just being annoying, but any whoodles. Um, okay. We should get into questions cause we do have a hard stop. Time also, today.
0: you know, we shouldn't do, sorry. Okay. Yeah. We should get into questions. Um, no, go ahead. we're not gonna talk about my dating life, but we will say that the last, the last like few nights. So we had a midweek weekend for Hillary's birthday last week. And then I have another midweek weekend this week. Um, in Whistler. And yeah, I feel like I was on a roll with the dating. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your update. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It was super fun.
1: Super. All fun. right. Well, good. We'll, you know what? Next time we record, I feel like we'll be in a place where we can get like some major updates. You'll be moved. You'll be like in long-term relationship. No, yeah. In two, in two weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you ready? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should start with number four. Okay. Because she messaged me, like, a long time ago.
1: I just want to yes. find out. Yes, okay. I, I totally agree. And all of these questions are basically, like, have a theme of either crewing or re- going from road to trail. And crew fits under that theme, so they all fit together pretty good. Okay. Okay, but we we have... Six questions, actually, because we have two twos again. I don't know why the numbers never work. Um, and I like that it says 415-223. <laughs> so, <laughs> the chronological questions. Google Doc's going well for us today.
0: Counting,
1: um, counting is going well. Counting, <laughs> going well. Baker can kind of count on his fingers. It's so huge.
0: Oh, that reminds me of behind her eyes, anyway.
1: <laughs> Fucking weirdness. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's like little creepy voice. One, two, three. Okay. So, we are going to do these thoroughly, but also at a reasonable pace, as though to finish in time for life. Okay. Okay. From C. Mahoney. So, I just... Her name
0: is actually Constance, but but yes, her her Instagram is C. Mahoney.
1: Okay. I have had a podcast question. No, I have a podcast question.
0: Hillary's reading the question now, in case the listeners are wondering what she's doing.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to read the question. Okay. So... With races returning this year, some of them anyways, I've been asked to keep crew a friend for their first 100-mile race. I know having a good crew can make a difference, so what are the do's and don'ts of being a good crew member? I remember you talking about this once, about one group just partying and not helping, and I definitely won't be doing that. Yeah, I so much fucking agree. Bashing. That's,
0: fucking that's like my people. fucking
1: anxiety, is that people are just going to be like, woohoo, and I'm going to be like, no, I, I need shit. Um. So it looks like you linked to one of your articles that was the first
0: well that was the first article I ever wrote for the running magazine so I actually didn't reread it I just linked the thing um but there's a difference so yeah the partying thing's a good I'll try to make this like an organized response um yeah when I mentioned the partying thing it was more like one time um I was crewing someone else and then I get to this crew station and then another group of friends were crewing this other friend um not gonna say her name because we're friends like okay I'll just say it Pargal and people in Pargal this is so bad I I should not bash this but people in Pargal's crew it was like they were a cheer squad and there was no organized it was like it wasn't organized chaos it was just chaos and so Pargal would roll in I should not be naming names but I am and it was like go Pargal go Pargal I'm like dude she's literally on 110k she's run through the night her feet are probably bleeding um And people are like, yeah, we're here for Bargall. It was like cheering. And I'm like, do a fucking job. Like divide and conquer. Everyone should have a specific role. If you have the luxury of having multiple people for a crew, like be very specific and delegate a specific task to every single person so that everyone is very focused on one task rather than just like clapping and cheering. Because like, yeah, they need your encouragement. But like they also need help like tying their shoes. They might need help wiping their ass. Like, there's shit that's going down, literally. And if people aren't organized, like, it's not efficient at aid stations. And I'm not saying you need to make aid stations stressful. And, like, some people want to chill at aid stations, and that's great. But, like, do the necessary tasks first to keep the person alive. Like, for example, on 100-Miler. Because, like, you need to stay alive. This is the goal. Um, and so, like, some like so, for example, I'm not even going to look at this article. But, for example, um, usually what I would do in crews, is that I'd be, like, one person's in charge of taking the garbage out of your pack and refueling your pack with food. Um, maybe that same person's in charge of replacing bottles, restocking like water and fuel. So they just either, they take the pack from you and they do the fucking pack shit. <clears throat> Another person is in charge of maybe like lubing or whatever. Another person's in charge of um, like random things that whatever, but usually what happens is the runner will have like a list of like each aid station, what they want to occur um, at different miles or what they anticipate occurring. And like, it's like a birth plan. Usually it goes out the window, but, um, so then the crew's like, okay, like this is where like I'm most needed at different miles and stuff. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I was going to have very similar comments. Like, I think just keeping it simple, like you said, like people just have a few jobs that they have to do and, they stick to that. And again, you're going to communicate and things are going to change. But if like one person is in charge of making sure calories are in the pack and in the person and the other person is in charge of like feet care or something, um, and just find out what the runner's most comfortable with because they probably have some bit of anxiety around it. Mm -hmm. So just like have a few meetings and see what would work best for them. And then I think what we said in our other episode which I really like to is have a designated crew leader who's gonna like yeah re-evaluate how things are going yeah you have crew boss who's gonna like either
0: delegate or re-delegate and like if people aren't doing their job like for so with the bear like so when I crewed Becky at Hard Rock when we crewed Becky at Hard Rock her her husband was crew boss he didn't know that it was his name but his name was crew boss and he had did a bunch of adventure racing stuff so he was actually like he actually taught me a lot even though I'd crewed and pace 100 milers before he actually was like I learned a lot from him. And one thing I did learn from Ian was um, we were like, we were pacing and pacing through the night of hard rock. And then we came to the finish and he was like, go sleep in your van. And I was like, Oh, I want to help. And he's like, no, you're pacing. You're not crewing. You're crewing. You're not pacing. So if you have the luxury to have multiple people help you um, delegate and delegate specifically, do not have pacers be crew and crewers be pacers because they're totally different jobs. And now I'm like looking back at this um, article and it was so cute because it's a picture of Katie and Parkle hugging at that um, Dog. And then it's a picture of Becky at Hard Rock. And then the title of the article is It Takes a Village. And, and it says at the beginning of the article that like that was the first thing Becky said when she finished Hard Rock was like, it takes a village. Like anyway, and if people don't know this crew usually it jokingly stands for Cranky Runner Endless Waiting. So um, yeah, I have a list of I have listed eight things on this article, but I wrote it a really long time ago. So um, we can link to this article if you want in your show notes.
1: Do you do that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, and the last thing I'll say before I move on in this too is just like know your runner too. So I had people crew me for things and I'm very like on top of shit and like to appoint people <laughs> to do things. Um, and I like to be crew boss basically, even if it's my own race. And that is fine. Because I'm going to take control no matter what, even if I try not to, for the first, I don't know, 12 hours. But then things start to dwindle. Fall apart, yeah. Yeah, if you have someone who, like, is me and really is going to be like, okay, this is what I need at every aid station, that's great. But just be prepared that, like, there's going to be a point where they're just going to come and be like, hey, guys, like... I I've just got, need be beer got and got no you're going to have to yeah. be like, well, I might know better than you <clears throat> I've got, and when yeah, to step in.
0: <laughs> I've got like no brain cells, So like one person would be charged of like pacing and timing. Like I don't mean pacing, running, pacing, but like on the crew, one person would be like, cause Katie made a spreadsheet when I went to the bear, which was really helpful. So she was in charge of like driving and timing on the spreadsheet. So like if I rolled into an aid station ahead or behind the spreadsheet on like, I had like five different options. It was like a to five. <laughs> and um, and. And then so basically, like, if I didn't hit the first target, we'd roll down to, like, the next spreadsheet line um, to, like, calculate timing of when to show up at the aid stations. And so, um, yeah. So and then also it's really cool to have, like, one bin of, like, supplies. And then, like, if you really want to go really A and all and A-type, it's fun to, like, organize each aid station in, like, different bags or Ziplocs in that bin. There's so much fun organizing. You can do it. It's really fun, actually.
1: Um, It's great for people like Tori and I, and then if you have somebody like Katie, you just have to do it for her. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, and so also, if you're pacing, which is a totally different thing than crewing, and I don't like it when people mix the two, But and I understand if you have like one person that's doing both, you might not have the capacity to have multiple people, and that's fine. You do what you can. But pacing, um, something that Corey did, which was the best, um, he would... uh, oh fuck he like I've lost my train of thought he um oh yeah he would um like not bribe me to eat but he would like hey we'd like jogging along he's like hey can you do me a favor and I'm like what And he's like just like have a bite of like that bar and like he would like make it like I would like do him a favor for eating it was really funny
1: are you still on mute yeah, I go because Baker knows that I'm in here, so every once oh, in a while he tries to break down the door. Oh, I see. Before Andy can catch him, and it's like bang, bang, bang. At, at the end, I'll let him come in and say oh, hello. I'm sure he'll just ask for my dad because that's all he cares about. Um, okay. So actually, what you just said is good for going into number five because it's around the same thing. So the question is. My husband and I are both racing May 29th through the 30th. I'm going to be doing the six-hour portion of the race, and he's doing the 100 miles. I'm going to run... You hear that? There he is. Aww. He's trying to open the door. (laughs) It's like a cat with hands. I'm going to be doing the six-hour portion of the race, and he's doing 100 miles. I'm going to run my six-hour hopefully do at least 30 miles and then take a two hour nap. And then I'm caring for him afterwards. Do you think that would be okay? Or should I have another person there as a backup crew member? Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing about your cute crewing questions. Cause I've never done this before. And it's my husband's first hundred miler. Yes. I mean, yes. If there's an Yes. Of
0: another crew member there. Like why aren't we taking it?
1: Definitely. Because I don't, have you re-martyring ourselves? Like what is happening? Is this? I've never done this before. Like, never done a 50K or a 6 hours? Because you're probably not... You're not going to feel like crewing 100 miles. It could be 24 to 36 hours after that. Trust me. Also, like,
0: recognize your fucking rad accomplishments. And, like, you're going to want to embrace your finish line. You don't want to just, like, go straight into checking it. Like, your adrenals are going to be so taxed just after your... My mom just stressed me because I'm shouting. Um,
1: your adrenals are going to be taxed after... Um your race and like you need and you might have gut issues sometimes an hour after an, an ultra my guts are just like
0: oh you like
1: burnt me to shit
0: i'm curious why you would not have another person there as if it's a bubble thing and a covid
1: thing and you're just like you guys are just doing this for fun yeah yeah but like you he just has to have 100% expectations then that you might just want to go have a nap and not wake up or 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 just see him for the last 10 miles of his 100 miler like i think it would be ideally in a situation i would
0: have one or more people and i would not a backup crew i would have a crew boss additional person yeah a crew boss that is not you who has not just run a race and then you would be there as a cheer squad your only job, delegated job is cheer squad. That's the ideal scenario.
1: Yeah. Also do not Um, pace. Do not pace. Do not pace. No, well you can't, you can't after. I mean it sounds like a cool event to do together, but I would have it just that like other people are helping you and you guys are just there both doing your your race. And you can definitely help out after, but I also feel like you need a middleman to be like Go sleep. oh yeah she's not feeling great or she's having a meal or something like to tell your husband why you're not there right. because it might be the stress of like trying to communicate to him that you need to do something else for yourself might be an oh, issue that's too. a so,
0: really good point you need an ultra advocate you need an advocate for yourself
1: an ultra advocate yeah 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 that's good I w- if you were here Tori and I would come help you because we both sound pretty excited about this scenario <laughs> I would advocate for you so hard oh yeah okay next question Hi, I recently found your podcast, and it's everything I didn't know I needed. That's the best. this is number two? Where are we? Yeah, we're up number first. This level of honesty and passion is so contagious. Woo! I just signed up for my first trail race, QMT 15, after years of road running. Do you like that emphasis? My question for the podcast is... Do you have any tips to transition smoothly from road to trail? Anything from mobility to not shitting my pants after weird gels. Thanks, Catherine. And Tori's notes are no shitting is always the goal. Um, yeah, we got some tips. I check like out the last hundred episodes. Check out all our episodes. This, this really is good so podcast, broad, I'm but I also love it so
0: much. I have this really good podcast. I can refer this question, this Catherine too. It's called Trail <laughs> Running.
1: Okay. It's cool. trail tips check them out um <laughs> okay so 15 miles do you think or 15k um i'm gonna mute myself because i have to cough so you start with your tips and i'm gonna google qm qmt 15k okay
0: um hmm you i guess miles um i love this question i think that's really awesome that you have a lot of a road like a big road background because at the end of the day running is running and yeah trails and technical trails are different um, and your body's moving a little bit differently depending on the trail. Um, You could look up my articles on Canadian running when I wrote for trail running for like a year and a bit. Um, This is like a very, very broad question. Um, hmm, Transitioning from... Oh, I actually wrote a few articles on transitioning from road to trail. So if you Google my name and you Google Tori Schultz Canadian running... Check
1: out my podcast, read my articles, so that's what you're
0: is. Google, just Google our names, you'll find
1: it. Okay, um. so she's Canada. It's 15K. It is in Quebec, yes. and it actually looks beautiful. And this, Catherine, I think is a wonderful transition race because it has some gain, but it's not crazy. 420 game? meters, so like about 1,200 feet mm-hmm. Um 14.7k and it is not super technical it looks like so i think this is going to be a really great a really great transition for you um as far as like gut issues and stuff i don't think that this is going to take you that much longer than any road running that you've done and i actually think the pounding is going to be less bad so i wouldn't worry too much about gut issues yeah but if you're not taking drills gels on the road and now you're worried about having that stuff before May, when no that was not you, um, before you do your rakes, practice with the gels. That's what you have to do and see how your stomach responds to them um, and just make sure that that's what works for you. So that would be the same as road or trail, practice with your nutrition and see what doesn't hurt your stomach. Um, the things that are going to be definitely different for you that I can think of um you still will be slower than you will be on road just because the ground is going to have variation and it still does have like a reasonable climb or two in it. So don't look at your watch expecting pace. Throw yes, that out the yes, window because yes, no that pace. will no pace f- off with your brain. Yeah. Just go out there and have fun. Even if it means like put tape over your watch or something, just don't look at it and be like, Oh my God, this is three minutes slower per K because even on soft ground, you're just slower. Even if it feels flat. Um, the second thing is practice. With your pack carrying hydration and whatever you're going to carry in there because if you're road running without anything on your body, a pack might feel uncomfortable to begin with and it's also going to chafe you in different places. Um, So those two things are going to be like an immediate thing that will just take the enjoyment of the race away. Uh, Can you think of anything else right now? Those are really, really good. I just going to like elaborate on some of the things. So
0: the, the expectation, that mindset of like, Oh, I do 15 K in this amount of time. If you've been a long-term roadrunner, like getting away from that pace mindset, it, I still don't, I still go back to that mindset. Like as much as I'll tell myself, like, this is not okay. Like it's time on feet. It's like gain. It's a totally different thing you're doing. Um, so yeah do like turn off pace like and also because it's 15k you actually could just carry in your pack like whatever you need and you could like if you want to go if you want to race really hard and like do well then like I would just carry your own shit and not get distracted in the eight stations because my guess is that QMT I'm pretty sure this race has like all the different distances so there are eight stations if it's on the same course could be for like 100k people and so you could end up, like, getting distracted because it will be, like, a really good snack. So I would just, like, f- I would just be self-sufficient because you won't need that much probably. Um, but obviously take a little bit more than you need. But then if you want to go hard, don't stop at the aid stations. And then um, don't go, like, so think about it. Like, when you don't have, I hate that I just said that, but if you don't have the expectation of, like, that it's a 15K road and 15K trail or similar, like, get that out of your head. So if you did a 15K road, you would probably, like, go at a certain clip right off the bat. Don't do that. Um, cause my guess is that you have pretty good fitness coming from a road background. So just start slower than you would in a road race.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and even go out and if you can get on the route a little bit and practice bits of it and just see, but I think just expectations are, are the main thing. Yeah. Like don't have any. Yeah. They're like the route to unhappiness. And then when you... Did you just hear how
0: profound that was, Hillary?
1: Yeah, I did. That was really good. I just glossed over it. <laughs> I'm basically... I'm um, I just tried to... Anyway, I'm like a philosopher. Yes. A philosopher. Uh, anything else that you want to say from, like, just transitioning from road to trail in generally? And I like that the question is transition smoothly from road to trail because it's going to be awkward as fuck. I'm just kidding. It's yeah. not, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's smoothly fun. such like a pun in that. Cause like, yeah. it's not,
0: Yeah. it's, it's going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would practice, if you can practice on the train, um, do that. Look, look, um, two to three meters ahead of you. So you don't fall on your face, but that never is a guarantee that you're not going to fall on your face. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And, Carry and a little app. bit more and food Google. and water than you think you need. Yeah, and probably Google, the only thing. And Google. Yeah, Google, just, yeah, Google chill <laughs> tips. yep will be good. People who are new are going to be like, these two assholes. These are fucking arrogant bitches. We're completely joking. We are 100% joking. This is now the children bitches podcast. Yeah, that'll be the offshoot. Oh, my God, we're running out of time. Okay. Question for the podcast. I'm currently training for my first ultra 65K in in September. Woo! It's going really well. Hello. However... I'm also a climber and a backpacker, and I see a number of summer adventures coming soon. How do you suggest I factor in other sports like climbing and hiking in my training? For example, I want to do a five-day-long 125-k hiking trip. Can I just count that as my rest week? If you're, no. if you're Tory <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So far, I've <laughs> just been counting climbing days as rest days, and I count one kilometer of hiking as 0.5 of running. Thanks and cheers. How do you think you say that name? Oh. Odile. Oh fuck. Odile or Odile? No, Odile. I bet you it's got an accent. It's a really cool name though. Send me a thing on how to pronounce it because it's, that's a really cool name. Uh, okay. Do you want to go
0: first? Do you have any ideas? Um, I'm curious where this algorithm of the one kilometer of hiking equals 0.5 K of running. Um, I've heard another algorithm. I've heard of another scale. I don't know, but like that a hundred meters of gain Wait, 100 meters of gain is a kilometer. Stephanie, um, what's her name? Stephanie Case, a Canadian ultra runner who lives in Chamonix and is a humanitarian lawyer, believes in 100 meters of gain equals one kilometer. Not not sure how I fully feel about that, but time on feet is important also. So that could also be a measurement. Um, so I'm curious where this person got that scale. One kilometer of hiking was 0.5 kilometers of running. Um, Anyway, the point is, do not count that as a rest week. I was very curious when this person wanted to do the five-day hiking trip in relation to her 65K in September. Like, I, it's hard for me to answer this when I don't know when she's thinking of doing the five-day thing.
1: Yeah, but I think even in general, like, if your race is in September and it's 65K and you're starting to build up now, I don't think your mileage is too high yet, um, but I think it is going to get somewhere. So yeah, like Tori said, the timing of this five-day hiking plan, but I think that's just an example. I think she's going to be doing hiking all the time. Yeah. So I think you can probably get away with your rest days being hiking right now. Yeah. But I actually had a client who like hiking was a big part of their life, so she would do really long hikes with her family during rest weeks, but then I think it made it so that the speed work the next week um, just didn't work. And I don't think that type of training... Work for her, so we couldn't add intensity because she always wanted to do this volume, which is a hundred percent fine. It just wasn't then a match. So your plan kind of has to work. Um, that if you're going to be doing all this extra volume, because it's time on feet, and we say that like even if you're a nurse or you're gardening, like when you get into really high mileage stuff, this all counts toward it. So I would be pretty careful and just look at what your training program looks. And if you're going to do a whole whack of hiking and then try to do speed work, like that's probably asking your body too much. Um, I would also be really honest with yourself and be like, okay, I'm not feeling good or, um, I'm not feeling motivated and just like signs of overtraining, that type of thing. And on the flip side, like this is your first ultra. I'm not saying like drop all of your fun adventures for summer and just focus on running. But if you're going to do a bunch of climbing and hiking, then like, bring back some of your mileage and pick out like two or three of the runs that week that are the key runs. Maybe it's your long run and like one, one moderate effort or something. And then just instead of easy runs, replace those with your hiking. So still keep your rest days, but um, make sure that your overall time on feet doesn't get crazy. You can also go just by hours then and somehow track, like when you do your 125 K hiking trip, like you probably also have a pack um, are you then suddenly at like a twenty one hour week as opposed to like a six hour week? And yeah. do it by time and and make sure you're increasing that way. Yeah, like I think they can complement
0: each other. Um, but definitely do not count it as a rest week. Hundred percent do not do that. Um, because your adrenals will be taxed on a on a hiking trip like that, regardless of whether you think they are or not. Really bringing in the adrenals this episode.
1: Have you mentioned them already? I think to?
0: so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, sixty-five okay. is a, and also sixty-five is a long fucking way. So like respect that distance and respect your first ultra, and don't throw. So what i I think the other point is, or maybe already said this. Don't like I think climbing and hiking can definitely complement each other, um, but do not put your interest and passion for climbing and hiking. Don't make it in addition to your training for your first ultra. Like weave it in. Do not have it on top and do not count that, that five-day trip as a rest week.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's – yeah, that's exactly it because I guess what I'm trying to explain to via speed work and Tori's right, like it's also during the ultra, you're going to get to a place where you're going to be really wanting to push in the race and if you haven't given your body enough rest throughout your build, you're not going to have that gear to tap into. Um, and that's going to be really frustrating for you and might ruin a bit of the experience. So like part of the reason we have those rest weeks is so that you have a place in your like energy tank that you can get to because you're not totally shot. Um, so yeah, that's my last piece of advice. Okay. Ready for the last question? Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're going to get it in there. It's, it's complex. So we'll start. Uh, are we, should we save it for the next episode? No, no. Cause it really fits in. Let's just see what we can get from it. We still have 10 minutes. Okay. Okay, I'm a new runner, and I've learned a lot from the Trail Tips episodes. I did two trail half marathons in 2019, and I'm hoping to do my first 50k this August. The race is in trails; it has 2,000 meters of elevation, so I think there'll be a lot of hiking. Um, yeah, I mean it's nothing crazy, but it's it's um, you gotta know that it's there. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I run based why on I, how I why feel. Why am I going those... uphill? Why am I going uphill? Sorry. <laughs> um, I don't have COVID, guys. I had a test. I just have a. Couple... <laughs> She has a birthday cough. A birthday cough. Give me one second. And a podcasting cough now. At the moment, I run based on how I feel with no structure. I'm making sure I get a long run in each week, which is somewhere between 18 to 25K. Some road and some technical trail. Okay, so that's a pretty good long run already. The rest of the week, I just go on a handful of runs, mostly road, and I'm totaling about 30 to 40K per week. I'll be working and living in a ski resort from June and I want your opinions on if I can be ready to do my long runs on the road, if I can be ready by doing my long runs on the road and possibly having my second day of my back-to-back runs as hiking in the snow or touring instead of running. Of the shorter runs each week as well, my job is going to be outdoors with a lot of time on feet and I have plenty of time before, during May before ski season. So she's on the other side of the world. That's why this is confusing me. Oh,
0: that is confusing.
1: Yeah. Cool. To run technical trails, but the two to three months leading up to the race, I'll be fairly limited to road. So my questions are the mileage. Oh no, that those are your... Oh my God. Literally opposite weathers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, and I actually had the same thing stick out to me, Tori, as what you said. If your long runs are 18 to 25 K, but you're only at about 30 to 40 kilometers a hap- week. What
0: is happening during the week? oh yeah she, oh, there's she's, but she's doing her job time on feet too so we have to recognize that her yeah, job not yet
1: oh not yet okay um okay do you want me to start or do you want to start um I don't know the
0: numbers I'm bad like the numbers don't fully add up to me um the mile, like like the 18 to 25k is a great distance for your long run um and then you can add another like 16 to 20 K back to back long run. Um, I, the first thing I thought of was the mileage looks a bit slow, but that does depend on what your time on feet job is going to be.
1: Yeah. So I'll be working and living in a ski resort from June. And I wanted to know if your opinion is if I can be ready by doing my long runs on the road and possibly having my second day of back to back as hiking in the snow, touring instead of running. You can, it's not going to be as ideal, but you can, um, the long runs on the road because of the elevation on your race are going to get you pretty fit, but there's going to be a difference when you start climbing in the race. That's going to feel worse than had you trained with some climbing. Um, But like we've said before, that endurance base is probably the most important thing. And then you can add in extra climbing. So I think Tori made a note too. Like if you're going to do your long runs on road can you get an extra hike in where you're just getting a bunch of vert and really working on power hiking during the week? Um, are you taking my tips? I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> are you taking my notes? i taking credit <laughs> Just working through this out loud. Um, no, I just, everything that you said, I would have said the same. So snow touring, yes, but still not quite the same. Um, so I would, I would flip them every once in a while, like try to just get an extra hike in instead of a, a ski tour if you can, like try to balance it a bit.
0: Yeah, think? I think the thing that helped me the most when I did my first 50k I was doing like I was in road marathon shape and I was doing a lot of road running and I was training with a road group so but the biggest difference when I did my first 50k and it was a really technical 50k with a lot of gain and the biggest difference was just those back-to-back um, long runs on trail so if you have one on the road and I would say like just as long as you're kind of doing those back-to-back days. um I'm trying to think, like, if one of them's touring. Yeah, it's not ideal, but I think touring, like, a long run and then a back-to-back touring day or vice versa could be okay. Um, is there? I'm curious if this person, like, can drive out of the resort, if there's ways to get any, like, if she drives to, if she has a car, if she can get access to not ski resort snow. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I agree. So it's a little bit complicated. I don't think you have to overthink it. Like, again, I would go with the hours of time on feet. Um, If you're consistent with your log runs too, that will help. And again, you said that like you have some time now before ski season, I would get as much technical climbing in as you can now. And then you can just kind of like hold on to your fitness. And it's a lot easier to not lose fitness with the Type of stuff you're going to be doing on the resort than it is to gain fitness. So you can kind of work backwards and just maintain a little bit. Um, but you can get a lot, like we have something called the BCMC or the Gosh Grind that we talk a lot about here. And if you have something like that, that's a snow hike where you can kind of push the effort and maybe instead of a tempo run, because you're in a snow resort, you do like a tempo hike every week. Um, we're it's like 40 minutes and it, you don't have to do the whole thing as fast as you can but you can do intervals like four minutes hard one minute but it's a steady or something steady uphill to practice like power hiking Um, yeah exactly and just hiking on on tired legs but I would try no matter what in the peak of your training to see if you can get a running week of like 60 to 70k yeah and just see how that feels like a couple of times
0: yeah and also what you could do I don't know what this resort looks like but I'm curious if there's there's like little small hills on the road. Um, your long run on the road, you could mix in short, um, like short hill strides. So like if you have a small like road hill, that's like you could do 30 seconds or a minute like doing because like uphill running is not only good for fitness, it's also really good for form too. So if there's like little hills you can do um, incorporate with your long run on the road, then that might helpful, be helpful too.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. So just your speed work should basically be hill work. But all in all, like, I don't think you have a bad situation here. I think you just have to be a little bit dedicated to trying to get some running in. Um, And it's not so that you like perform really well in your 50k, even though of course you want to, but so that you enjoy it. because ski touring doesn't do the same kind of damage to your feet and stuff, and you can get thirty k into a fifty k, and if you start to get blisters and your feet torn up and stuff, it's just not going to be as fun. Um, so it's about getting that base so that you can also just really enjoy your race. Wow! Ah. Baker wants to come say hi. <gasps> yes, but bud, I'm... bud, come here. Do you want to come on the recording? Can you say hi, Baker?
0: No, there you
1: go. Where are you? Oh, there I am. Why are you sharing your screen?
0: I don't know. I can see oh, you. Nice. Come here, bed bed. Can you say hi to Tori? I can't see your screen now. You can't? Oh, it's Tori. No, I can't see. Now it's on Hillary's, like, Vancouver. Looks like she just woke up. Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> But now it looks like you're in Vancouver. I don't see your screen anymore. There. <gasps> hi, Baker! Oh. Hi. Wait, hold on. Now I gotta put mine on. Hi, Baker! He can't hear. Uh, he can't hear look, me. it's Tori. He can't hear. it oh, he can't
1: hear. He can't hear. a Oh, yeah, that's right. She's saying hi. Hi, we're here. No, no, dice. He's so confused. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Oh, Have right a good day. Time. We're right on time. Yeah, we are. This is amazing. I might cut this last bit out of just weird size. I'm gonna go jog with
0: Nicola because
1: she's leaving on like Friday. Uh, sad. Um, okay, well, enjoy your jog and I will. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he gives you like the corner of the eye look. He's like. He's very judgmental. He fits right in.